Welcome uh, to a somewhat snowy Sunday morning. And uh, we thought we would throw the uh, storm at you on that last, uh, during the last song, get that snow blowing uh, in the background there. So uh, how many of you enjoy a good storm? <laughs> how many of you are not fans of big storms? Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, I remember years ago when I was uh, camping in, um, uh, near Bryce Canyon, Anybody ever been uh, down to Bryce Canyon area camping, uh, camping down there? And uh, one of those sudden summer storms cropped up for us. And uh, we were camping out, my family and I, and it was uh, my mom and dad, my brother and I, and a few other families had gone down there. And so we were in a tent and enjoying everything up, you know, through, we were there for several days and enjoying all of it. And from the distance, if you've ever been out in the, uh, the Utah desert, you can hear the storms coming typically from a long way away. And so, you know, you could hear that distant rumble of thunder coming and, and you know, we're, we're getting excited and then it gets dark and then darker and darker and the storm's still coming and we know it's going to be a big one. And uh, I remember probably about two or three in the morning when the storm finally hit and it was like all of heaven unleashed in that moment. And uh, you could hear uh, rocks tumbling. Uh, we were thankfully in the high ground, which is a very smart place to be in a, in a <laughs> southern Utah storm uh, on the high ground. But you could hear all around us, you know, rocks tumbling down and the sound of those flash floods going through those little, little slot canyons. And it was just an amazing, an amazing moment. Made me think of uh, Kenny Loggins. I love a rainy night, I love a rainy night. I'm not going to sing that. <laughs> but there's something that I love about storms, and I do have to admit this. Midwest storms are better. They just are. There's just something about the Midwest storms and, and how strong they are. And uh, even while the hail is coming, uh, even the distant sirens that are telling you that a tornado is on the way, where do I find myself? Looking out the front door, <laughs> right? Loving that. There's some videos out there of uh, like the Midwest dads that that's what you do as a Midwest dad is you go out when the storm's coming, you go out there to take a look at it because you just love that. And you bring your kids with you. Might not be good parenting skills, but it is a fantastic memory that they have of a big, big storm. Mark chapter four, verse 35 through 38 says this, and so we're picking up our story here in, uh, of Jesus' life. On that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. So after leaving the crowd, they took him along just as he was in a boat, and other boats were with him. And it says, now a great windstorm developed, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was nearly swamped. Now, then that's another big question for you. Have you ever been out on a lake when a storm hits? Anybody ever been on a lake when a storm hits? That is pretty freaky. <laughs> There's just something about being out there. And this is what's happening to the disciples. And that, that wind and the storm is there just kind of bearing down on the boats that they are in. And it says there's a whole flotilla of boats that are with them. Something to know. Storms come. They always do. Storms always come. And usually it's after the good times that I have found in my own life that storms seem to show up in my life. 
Now, just prior to this, in, uh, earlier on in uh, Mark chapter 4, so if you remember last week, uh, Mark chapter 3, we dealt with uh, some of the confrontation, that last confrontation that Jesus had uh, with the Pharisees and the healing of the man with the shriveled hand and uh, those shriveled hearts that Jesus was dealing with. Uh, and then right after this, there's a teaching time of parables and, and there's great influence happening and it seems like everything is going very, very well for Jesus and the disciples. In these stories that Jesus was telling, he's revealing his authority over and over again through his power to teach. In these parables, he's revealing that, you know, he's the light of the world, uh, that, that uh, the light is this revelation for the heart, that his word is growing inside those hearts that are fertile. And so it's just that the, the, the disciples are in awe of what Jesus is doing. And then Jesus tells them, hey, guys. Uh, let's hop in this boat and let's go to the other side. And so remember, this is Jesus telling them, let's go to the other side. So these moments are behind them and they're making their way across the Sea of Galilee. I've got a picture here of the Sea of Galilee. And this was actually, I was there a number of years ago. And so this is looking, uh, this is at sunset. And uh, so that's looking west is uh, which way that's looking. <laughs> I know my directions. And, uh, but so this is actually very similar perhaps of what it looks like on the day that Jesus, right? It says that they were uh, there when evening came. And so the sun is setting and they begin to make their way across the Sea of Galilee. Now, remember, Jesus is the one that was wanting to go to the other side. Who would tell him no? Like he says, hey, let's go to the other side. And could you imagine his disciples going, no, 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 Jesus, we got this. We're going to just stay here, all right? Now, so, so he's the one who gets them in the boat, and they begin making their way across the Sea of Galilee, which makes this storm that arises all the more uh, surprising. Jesus taking his disciples into a storm. Now, these were fishermen, they knew the signs, right? I mean, they, they knew looking at the heavens, you know, was there going to be a storm? What is the uh, uh, red in the morning, sailors take warning, red at night, sailors delight, I think is, uh, is that thing. I have never been a sailor, just so you know. <laughs> I've been on boats before, but never a sailor. And so, you know, for some reason, Jesus says, let's go across to the other side. Verse 38 of chapter 4 so remember, the storm is raging. There's water, you know, cresting over into these boats. It says, but he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus sleeps well. In storms, he's got peace in his heart. He's got faith. I mean, whatever it is that led him to peace, uh, peace-filled rest. Perhaps this is a picture of how we can be in the middle of our own storms. Uh, any of you are like sleepers that you can sleep at the drop of a hat? Any of you like that? Just like put your head down and you're gone, right? Raise your hand again really quickly, proudly. Ah, oh, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. How many of you look at them, if it's your spouse especially, and like get angry <laughs> at them? Yeah, right? Okay. Yes, right? So this is Jesus. He is this easy sleeper. He's this, I mean, whatever it is that leads you to that, it's not, you know, it's not like narcolepsy, okay? That's not what it is. It's that, that there is a confidence in his rest. 
And those of us, and I, I'm a pretty, I can sleep anywhere. My kids make fun of me. There's pictures of me, I'm sure, out there on Instagram and Facebook that my, my lovely family have taken of me snoring away happily on the couch. I'm sure that those are out there. Uh, but I, you know, but storms, there's something about them that kind of wake you up. The rattling on the windows, the, the hail hitting your car that's, you know, insured, but you're thinking to yourself, oh, Jesus, I don't want to go through that. Whatever it is, right? So the storms keep us up and the storm rages. So the disciples are getting more and more annoyed at Jesus. Have you ever been annoyed at God? I've been annoyed at God before. Right, and so this is what's happening with the disciples. This, so you got to picture this, right? The storm is happening. Their boats are about ready to capsize. They're having a hard time keeping this flotilla together because this windstorm is uh, just kind of whipped up on, uh, on the Sea of Galilee. Um, and they're getting annoyed. So this, is, uh, this story is told in all the Gospels. Uh, well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the Synoptic Gospels, it's, it's told uh, but there's one detail that the book of Mark is the only one that records. And so remember at the beginning, we, we uh, discovered that Mark is probably a collection of stories that Peter would tell when he was preaching. And so Mark would hear these stories and begin writing them down and compiling them. And, and in this case, I think that Peter remembered very vividly this moment on the boat and so he made sure that he would tell this part of the story because it really doesn't make the disciples look very good. That these disciples who were closest to Jesus were getting angry at Jesus. And so verse 38 of Mark, and I, I love what it says here, says, they woke him up. How many of you like to be woken up out of a deep sleep? Right? You're waking up the bear. <laughs> don't, don't wake up the bear. So they wake Jesus up out of a deep sleep. And they said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Don't you care? I love the fact that this is recorded. We can get a picture into the heart of disciples who arguably should have known better. Right? They'd already been with Jesus for a certain amount of time. Uh, they, they should have known better. But we can make the same accusation against Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? that I'm in the middle of a storm in my life. Jesus, can't you see that this is too much for me? Jesus, why? You're the one who wanted to come across this lake anyway. Why in the world would you put us in a position where a storm is going to crop up? Jesus, we felt that we were led by you to do this, and yet it isn't turning out the way that we thought it was going to. And we get annoyed. Just keeping it real, people, <laughs> right? We've been in that position before. Um, especially because Jesus was calm. Lord, it'd be good if you were a little bit urgent. 
Lord, it'd be really good if you were a little more concerned about what was going on around us. I, I remember the previous, uh, where, where we were up at, uh, um, in uh, Illinois on staff there, and uh, it was good for us on staff if we looked urgent. Our senior pastor was a very urgent individual, and if we didn't look urgent and we looked too calm, he felt like we weren't doing anything, and so we'd have to walk around looking urgent, <laughs> Like we were on a mission, right? And uh, uh, I'm a calm individual, generally speaking. And so it was, it was work for me to look urgent and, and to have a, have a look of urgency for me, right? Um, but do you know anybody who is so even keeled, it's annoying that they're unshakable, unflappable, no matter what's going on around them. It's just that you can't get under their skin, whatever it is. I uh, remember years ago, we were driving in uh, Wyoming on a, a missions trip. We had four minivans. We thought that would be a wise decision. Uh, we had four minivans taking a group of uh, college-age students from Minneapolis, Minnesota, down to Phoenix, Arizona, all the way up the uh, coast of California, hitting churches and doing ministry. And so we're on our way back on I-80 in the wintertime. Jesus rarely goes there, <laughs> right? And so we were, we were driving on I-80, and if you know anything about I-80, and for those of you who are not familiar with that, I'm going to just share with you. Uh, it is windy all of the time. Does not matter what time of the year. That's a little bit overstatement, but especially in the wintertime, and it can be beautiful out there, and the wind is absolutely howling. And we found ourselves driving in the wintertime, four minivans and a lovely caravan, uh, driving along. And then we hit, it went from dry pavement to complete ice in a matter of like that. And so I'm in the lead vehicle. I'm not driving. A young man by the name of Ryan is driving this van. He's uh, like 19 years old, 20 years old. We're driving along, and all of a sudden we realize we're on ice. And so we have walkie-talkies. Hey, everybody, just so you know we're on ice, don't put on your brakes, just slow down. We said that a little bit too late. And so I'm with Ryan, and Ryan grew up in Colorado, and all of a sudden we find ourselves doing about 65 or 70 on this road, and we are spinning slowly sideways down the highway, I-80, doing a complete 360. So, so we're you know, driving this direction. We find ourselves looking at the car behind us, which is our minivan. <laughs> and we're just waiting. We literally just waiting. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. But might as well enjoy the ride. And so, but this whole time, Ryan, in those moments when, when freak out happens, you wonder what's going to come out of your mouth, right? And how redeemed you are. So we have the walkie-talkie on. My thumb is pressed down on there. Thankfully, all that I'm saying is Jesus, 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 right? In that moment, Ryan, it's just like he's out for a Sunday drive. Hands on the wheel, calm as can be. So we finish this complete spin. He gets control. I don't know how he gets control of it. The other, car, the other vans behind us, thankfully, are not spinning out of control. And, you know, we, we get going forward. And what does he do? He just gently just keeps driving. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> I'm freaking out again okay, this moment. I am, I am taking deep breaths. The storm has happened and he is calm like Jesus and I am freaking out like the disciples. Don't you care? You're about to kill us. <sighs> we pull over, catch our breath, and then drive much slower <laughs> down I-80 uh, in that moment. So what does all this reveal, reveal about the disciples? It's a very human emotion, right? We, we have these emotions when we're facing difficult times in our life. 
we see the storm as more consequential than Jesus. We see the storm as bigger than Jesus. And so we get annoyed when Jesus doesn't seem to be that concerned. Making the mistake of assuming that Jesus is unconcerned when he was not responding as they were. Jesus wasn't freaking out. Jesus, you should be freaking out. Because <laughs> we are. Just because Jesus is calm doesn't mean he doesn't care. I want you to keep that in mind. Just because Jesus is calm, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It means that he's calm in the middle of a storm. So in your storm, remember that Jesus is in the midst of it. And we can miss him if we aren't careful. He's there, even when we miss him due to fear. So what does Jesus do? Verse 39. So he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, be quiet, calm down. Then the wind stopped, and it was dead calm. Have you ever been in a situation where a big windstorm happens, and then it like ends immediately? It's really an interesting moment. And I, I've been in situations like that before, just howling, and then all of a sudden it ends. Now, it didn't end at my command, by the way. <laughs> it's Jesus we're talking about. But just that moment, and it's like dead still, and you're like, what just happened? Jesus shows through his actions the answers to those deep fears that we may have of abandonment, of being forgotten, of being uncared for. Into the chaos of the storm, Jesus speaks. Into the chaos of your storm, I believe that Jesus speaks. When he speaks, things happen. When I speak at times to the wind and the waves in my life, nothing changes. Right? But when Jesus speaks to the, to the chaos in our life, things can change. What is seen by the disciples as uncontrollable and overpowering as they see this windstorm happening, what they see as, as this overpowering moment is itself overpowered by the simple words that Jesus speaks to nature. Remember, all of creation, at the very beginning of time into this chaos, God spoke, and what happened? Chaos responded. It couldn't help but respond to the voice of God speaking. There was light. There was earth. There, was, there were animals. Right? There were seasons. All of it responding to this incredible, powerful voice of God that the disciples heard on that day on the boats after accusing Jesus that he didn't care. A number of years ago, um, Shelly and I had some, some friends, and they were excited about a pregnancy, and uh, everything seemed to be going uh, really well for this pregnancy, and, and she ends up at the hospital. She's a doctor herself, and so uh, all of her friends are there at this, uh, at this hospital in Illinois. And uh, at some point in the process of delivery, realized that, the, uh, that their, their child was under stress. And uh, realize very quickly that the stress is getting to the point where it is quite dangerous for the child. And I don't remember exactly what measures they were using, but they realize 
we've got to do something now. We've got to do something now. And then um, our friend Joyce, she began having problems as well. And so fear is beginning to set in. And the doctors do an emergency uh, C-section, trying to figure out what's going on. And they uh, don't mean to uh, be too graphic. And so if you're un- uncomfortable with graphicness, just close your ears for a second. Uh, they they um, began the C-section and realized that her uterus had ruptured. And that uh, their little baby boy um, had been without oxygen for like seven to ten minutes, I believe, maybe even longer than that. And so there's fear for the baby. The doctor takes one look um, at her and has fear for her, not want, not knowing what how to even proceed with what he was being confronted with. Now the interesting thing is, um, prior to this, you know, many months prior to this. Uh, there's a, a baby shower. And if you've ever been to a baby shower before, and I was not there, uh, so the, the ladies had all gotten together, gone to a baby shower, and had put this on. And at, at baby showers, for those who are followers of Christ, one of the uh, great things about it is, boy, there's a time of prayer at times, you know, for the, for the young mother and just saying, God, you know, be over her, let everything go smoothly and all of that. But I was talking to Shelly last night, and she refreshed my memory, uh, that it was an unusual prayer meeting for her uh, during this baby shower. And these ladies who were together prayed for like a half an hour, 45 minutes, just praying over her. Praying for her protection and praying for a safe delivery and all of these things. And uh, then you get to this moment and the storm hits. And you wonder, God, are, are you here? What's, what's going on with this? And so they, they, they quickly uh, take the baby, baby Micah, and uh, rush him off, life flight him out. The hospital where they were at did not have the ability to care for him uh, the way that he needed it. Um, barely, barely hanging on to life. Uh, very, you know, they were trying to figure out their brain function and all of these things. And uh, their choices, you know, um, they're on the table. And they happen to be between shifts, by the way which is the perfect time for something like this to happen because they had double the personnel uh, on hand. Remember, she's a doctor there at that hospital, and so they rush into action and and try to patch her up, and I mean, it was touch and go for her. Um, Shelly and I happened to go up there, I think, that uh, later on that evening when all of this stuff is going on, and uh, she, she pulls out of it. They were able to save her. Um, they, they didn't think they were going to, but they were able to save her, and then her husband, uh, Drew, is there. And through all of this storm, there really was an unbelievable calm. You know, their, their child is now, uh, you know, probably about an hour away at a, at a much larger facility, uh, still trying to figure out as their brain functions, still trying to figure out where the seven to 10 minutes without oxygen, what's going to happen to this child. Lots of prayers happening. <laughs> uh, prayers all over the nation from, uh, from the connections. You know, we're sitting with them in the hospital, we're broken with them, but Jesus is calm, middle of the storm, he begins to speak, and speaks life to that little boy. And uh, Micah just celebrated his third birthday about a couple months ago, I think. And uh, Joyce just had another baby, and they said she probably couldn't have any more children and all of this stuff. And you look at this, and you go, God, thank you for being in the middle of the storms with us. God, thank you for being there in, in faith and not freaking out, <laughs> right? Because it's so easy for us in our storms to freak out. 
You see, already Mark has shown through all of this, right, leading up to Mark chapter 4, all the way to here to the end of Mark chapter 4, Mark has shown that Jesus has been powerful. Mark has shown that Jesus has been powerful through his words that he's speaking. Uh, you know, Jesus sees heaven opened up, and there's this declaration from God that Jesus is his son, and to be, you know, he's well pleased in him. The spirit rests on Jesus. Jesus enjoys angelic ministry, receives this testimony of demons proclaiming him as the son of God. The disciples are hearing all of these things. Jesus preaches powerfully. He heals the sick, expels demons, forgives sins. We've seen, we've seen this already. And now only the one who's initially created the wind and the sea in the first place who would dare to rebuke the wind and the sea. And the disciples are astonished at what they see. They've seen Jesus do so much, and yet they're still astonished. Um, and this is a tough lesson for us to learn. And so Jesus takes a moment, and he talks very directly to the disciples and he challenges them. He pushes back against them. And this is for some of us here today. And I'm throwing myself into this boat <laughs> in this moment today. Chapter four, or chapter 4, verse 40 and 41. He said to them, so Jesus says to the, to the disciples, Why are you so cowardly? Do you still not have faith? They were overwhelmed by fear and said to one, one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Think just a moment about those words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. In the middle of the storm, they said, Jesus, do you not care about us? We're freaking out. And Jesus says to them, why are you so cowardly? This is a really tough lesson for us to hear. But this is the reality. Um, how should the disciples, how should they have responded in the middle of the storm? Right, there's a should have, and then this is the, then the reality of how they actually responded. They probably should have uh, responded in such a way with great faith, you know, in the middle of the storm, great faith. Well, Jesus is with us, so it's going to be fine. But humanity takes over us so many, in so many ways. And so they forgot. They forgot. I know there are times I've forgotten Jesus in the middle of storms. Right? I mean, we all face that. And we've said to Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus calls them on it. So here's a good question for us. How does my response to the storms of life reveal the maturity of my faith? We have to come to grips with the reality that we're probably not as faithful and mature in our faith as we would like to be. And I say that to you as your pastor as well, coming from my perspective. I wish I was more mature. 
I wish I had it more together. I, I wish I was okay with Jesus being calm around me at times in my own life. Sometimes the storms are self-inflicted. <laughs> Sometimes those storms are the world around us. Jesus did expect more from his disciples. He did. I mean, that's plain by Jesus' response. He expected more from his disciples. The question is, does he re- expect more from you? So what I'm speaking to, though, are, are those for whom you've been a part of the church for a long time. But I'm not necessarily speaking to those who are just starting out on this journey because the disciples didn't just start out on this journey. They had already seen Jesus do incredible things, and yet they still wondered if Jesus cared about them. This means we've got to step up in our faith, step up in our growth, right? Because Jesus expects us to grow. Jesus wants us to no longer be freaked out by the storms of life, but recognize that he is there with us in the middle of the storm, ready to calm that storm. The disciples caught a new vision of Jesus, though, and they were fearful of what they saw. They said, who is this that even the the wind and the waves obey? It's about time for us to have a new vision of who Jesus is in our storms. It's about time for us to recognize and understand that Jesus, yes, is calm, but he is also powerful and able to meet any storm in your life. And a quick side note here, um, Mark doesn't mention it here, but when he sets up the story, he says that there are other boats with them. When Jesus calms your storm, right? When Jesus calmed the storm, it wasn't just the one boat like this little pocket of calmness, right? It became calm all over. When Jesus calms your storm, he can calm the storms in others' lives that are around you. There's a storm in your family. When he calms the storm in your life, Who knows, that storm might be calm for your entire family. When a storm's going on at workplace and you're saying, God, calm this storm, maybe God is waiting to calm the storm in your life to be able to reach others to calm their storm as well. For our children, for our community, um, let's let God calm the storms in our own life. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we close out this morning. Um, there's a couple of, couple of ways that I, I want to end this, this morning. First of all, there are some of you who are right now going through an incredibly difficult storm. Where the storm has cropped up unexpectedly in your life, just like when they're going out across the Sea of Galilee. Uh, the storm is in your life um, and you're wondering, is Jesus with you? You might be brand new to faith or maybe you're not even uh, in a position of faith right now and you're wondering if God can be with you in the middle of the storm. I'm here to tell you, yes, he can and in fact already is with you in the middle of your storm. 
And if that's you, and I'm not going to have you uh, bow your heads, there's really no reason to do that for this kind of response. But if that's you and you'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm really in a storm right now, and I'm wondering if Jesus is with me. I'm really struggling with this. Can you lift your hand really quickly? Thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands up. Folks, you're not alone in the storm. You are not alone in the storm. Uh, Jesus is with you, but there are a lot of other people, maybe not in exactly the same kind of storm, but they are in a storm as well. There's something about being together with others in storms. And uh, the second side of this is uh, that very end rebuke. And this is the little bit harder part, right, for those of you who've been around the church and uh, faith for a long time. You're not as mature as you know you should be by this point in your life. And you feel Jesus calling you out to handle the storms differently in your life. And so this becomes a bit of a commitment for you to say, yeah, Jesus, I know I need to grow. And so I need your word to be more alive in me than ever. I need my prayer life to be different. Lord, I need my faith to be different. I know I should be further along in my faith than I am. And Lord, I'm calling it out in my own life. I recognize this is an area of growth in my life. If that's you, can you just, just very simply raise your hand, right? This is, uh, look around real quick, right? Again, uh, we're in this together, folks. We're in this together, right? We don't handle the things the way that we know we should handle them. But we know that Jesus is in the boat with us. And I love it that he's revealed as the great I am, right, in, uh, um, in the Old Testament, as God the Father, God the Powerful, right? He is the great I am. Jesus also does the same thing throughout the, throughout the Gospels. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I, I am, I am, I am. This is who Jesus is. And so when we've got mountains in front of us, right, that need to be shaken, we've got this, uh, the, these storms around us, right, we need to see God show up in power in our lives to speak that word, right, that is going to bring calmness out of the chaos. And I think it'd be great for us kind of as that act in this moment to recognize who Jesus is, have a new vision of who he is. We've already sung the song uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, man, I believe that Jesus wants to do something in each one of your lives to bring some growth right where we need it, and then also to calm the storm that is there. So I'm going to invite us to uh, lift our hands to worship the Lord. Uh, Stephen, would you mind uh, leading us in, uh, in this uh, chorus from the song we sang earlier? Thank you, Lord. The mountains shake. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The mountains shake before him. The demons run and flee. At the mention of the name, King of Majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I
God, we give you glory and honor and praise. Father, I thank you that you are, Lord, the great I am. And because you are the great I am, the great creator, God, the one who spoke to creation and it responded, Lord, we pray right now that you would speak to the storms of life because, God, you are in the middle of those storms with us. And that, God, those who raise their hand and they are struggling, God, because they're in a storm, Lord, speak to them peace. Lord, calm the waves and the wind around them. God, calm this storm around them. Show your grace and your mercy. And Father, we also are in a position to recognize, Lord, that we should be further along in our faith than we are. So God, we confess to you, Lord, that, uh, that there have been times in our growth in you that we have stopped it ourselves. God, we've refused to, uh, to grow. So Lord, help us to grow in our faith and to mature. And Lord, that you have called us out today. And God, you've called it like you've seen it. So Father, help us to have a faith like yours in the middle of the storms. Help us to realize that you're with us. And that God, we should recognize that Lord, you're able to speak to the chaos and bring hope to speak to the chaos and bring calm and peace. And Lord, I thank you that creation responds and Lord, we should respond to you as well. Father, I ask that during this week that you would remind us, God, that in the middle of storms that you're with us, that Jesus, you are strongly, strongly aware of our circumstances and that God, just because you're calm doesn't mean that you're not responding. So it would help us to have that same faith. Lord, we love you this day. I pray your blessing upon your people. And that, God, as we leave from this place today, help us to recognize that you are with us. And that, God, your face is going to shine upon us. Lord, as your word says, and the blessing that's given to the nation of Israel, Lord, that you will give us your peace. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We claim that for our lives today. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we'll continue our series next week. Make sure you are here. God bless you.